0: Hey fellas, if you want to feel fresh and clean, both for yourself and anyone else who you may want to be treating you, you got to get yourself Manscaped, that lawnmower 3.0 is a must have and when i tell you it's premium i mean premium the battery lasts up to 90 minutes there's an led light on it so you make sure that you can get every single spot you don't miss anything i would say that it helps prevent any nicks but the lawnmower already does that you're not going to have that problem that technology is built in you got a charging stand you get all kinds of good smelling stuff that comes with it if you get the package price which you really really should do so, use the code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And this go. Ball in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers. So, oh, watch it go. Out. Chuck nasty. Two run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by StravaCraft Coffee. Use that promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off your entire order of the rich in CBD infused coffee. Delicious, life-changing stuff. Strava Craft Coffee. Give it a try. I promise you won't regret it. I'm your host, Drew Creisman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And on this episode, uh, I've got a couple of topics that we've sort of started to talk about over the last couple of weeks that I wanted to extend a little bit further and dive a little bit deeper into. Uh, Without our guy Patrick Lyons here, I want to leave some meat on the bones, as it were, for some of these topics to peel back the curtain a bit. I just want to make sure that we don't overexhaust them. So I'm going to jump around a little bit. I want to talk I want to give very first thoughts on a particular player, a specific player that I think the Rockies should very strongly be considering taking with their first pick, the ninth overall pick in the upcoming draft on June 10th. And and we can talk a little bit more uh, about the draft. Uh, There are a few other things that I wanted to uh, discuss in terms of um, sort of the Rockies organizational depth chart and then jumping back into our spring training conversation really giving us quick refresher course because it's been so while where is the team who's on the team who's on the cusp who are the bubble players Uh, you know spring training is going to get going here in a couple of weeks and it's going to be shortened you know how might that change some of these position battles Um, so we're going to talk about all of that uh, not all of it. Like I said, we're going to talk about a lot of it. We're going to jump around a little bit. Uh, but first, I'm going to talk about the thing I sort of sandwiched in the middle there. And that is the Rockies organizational depth chart. And And I wanted to preface it by kind of saying this. Um, and again, total pull back the curtain moment. When Patrick and I got together with Adam Mares to begin our conversation about like, how are we going to go about covering the draft. In all earnestness, I was a little concerned because this draft is going to be so different um, because there are so many weird moving pieces and because I worry about overemphasizing things because it's all that there is to talk about and therefore giving you the audience an inflated sense of the importance of, say, the Colorado Rockies fifth round draft pick. Not that we shouldn't discuss it. And so I was trying to figure out the best way to to frame this. And really as I began my first bit of grunt work this week on how we're going to cover the draft, I, I uncovered an interesting conversation that uh, I think it's worth just kind of putting out on the table so that we've all got this as we go into the draft because it's not just about the draft. It's about where the Rockies are at. As an organization from top to bottom, I have in the last couple of days organized roughly 115 members of the Colorado Rockies organization, ball players, obviously, we're talking here uh, by position, um, age, prospect status, what I believe to be their floor and their ceiling. And it gives you a really interesting snapshot of the organization. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? And and even certain things like like I, I was kind of alluding to a moment ago, it's not just where can they improve their team in the draft, but also where would it maybe make a bit more sense to improve their team in free agency? Where would it make some sense to improve the team via trade And where would it make more sense to extend certain veterans or let them walk and rely on younger players here in the next coming years? And I'll tell you what, whether you're a draft aficionado or not, whether you've ever given a damn, and quite frankly, the Major League Baseball draft has been very low on my priority of things to care about since I've become a professional baseball writer. Uh, because there are just there's so many things we just don't know um, about the draft. And the, there used to be 40 rounds, which also made it to some degree impenetrable for a certain amount of conversation. You know, you spend a whole lot of time talking about maybe this seventh or eighth round pick that you think could be a thing, but that guy's retired in a year, but it was Sam Hilliard who you never talked about. And I really do think that it's it's best to you know get out there on the field, once these guys become professionals, see how they handle that transition from amateur to professional and, and sort of take it from there. At the same time, this exercise in understanding pretty much the depth of every position at the organization, from the major leagues on down to rookie ball, even some of these guys who are coming through as like, Sixteen and seventeen year olds in the Dominican. These guys that I'm learning about right now, it more in depth for sure. I remember when they signed them, and that was it. it it's going to be, I think, super valuable because, as Patrick and I have talked about before, in about a year, or well, I guess really starting right now with Nolan Arenado, the Rockies have a ton of decisions to make about what their future is going to look like. Can they keep Nolan Arenado through? the opt-out or is he gone? If he leaves, does that mean they give all that money to Trevor Story or do they spread it out amongst guys like David Dahl, John Gray, maybe Kyle Freeland if he rebounds? Something like that. So there's a lot of those big conversations to be had. And one of the things that absolutely has to inform that conversation is organizational depth and who the Rockies take in the draft this year is going to impact that the top several picks always do having the ninth overall pick means they almost certainly will be able to grab someone who should jump into the top 20 of their prospects probably even the top 15 or or 10 there's a it's a pretty deep draft there's a lot of interesting names and again I'm going to get mentioned one here in just a minute but you'll have a much clearer picture of who on the Rockies' current roster it makes sense for them to keep or extend or consider paying big money to if you've got a clearer picture of where they don't just have their best prospect. We all know Brendan Rodgers plays middle infield. We know the names of the handful of starting pitchers who could or could not be impact Peter Lambert, Ryan Castellani, if you follow systems stuff. But I think looking at the whole thing is going to give us a really good So let's, because I want to talk about the ninth overall pick today and because of the way things are playing out and because of my personal philosophy on how the Rockies should approach the draft, I think the odds are are both high that they do and my opinion is very high that they should take a starting pitcher. There are a number of them that look interesting. I'll get to the name in a moment, but while we're on organizational depth chart, uh, I'm not going to run through it at some point. We'll have a graphic for you, so be on the lookout for it. I have ranked 31 pitchers in the Colorado Rockies organization from Hermen Marquez and John Gray at the top down to Mike Nickorak and Mitchell Kilkenny at the bottom. And just looking over the list, there are a number of things that I can see right away. And again, I'll I'll give you guys the graphic at one point. Make sure you check out our draft coverage if you want to see all this, because it's not just going to be analysis about the one player the Rockies take at number nine. We're going to basically run down the entire organization for you, how these players fit, what the team might look like in a couple of years, what it might mean for player X, Y, and Z that's on the roster right now. And as you look here, the Rockies have some interesting depth. They have a good number of starting pitchers uh, at the age of 23 years old or younger, but they don't have a lot of guys in the organization with high end, what I would call, A minus to A plus potential or or a ceiling, right? To my mind, Ryan Rollison, And then three guys who are already in the majors Freeland Marquez and gray have the potential to be that kind of pitcher with maybe their most recent draft pick, Carl Kaufman, uh, a 23 year old uh, who who spent time in college, but is yet to make his major league debut working into that conversation. But again, the biggest thing for me is I, I first, I need to see you as a professional. So I've, I've slapped him with a B-plus potential with the possibility to move into the A-minus range. And, and that may be different by the time we release this because I need to uh, go over this with Patrick Lyons and, and Andre Simone and a lot of other smart people here at DNVR. But this is my first initial gut reaction that I wanted to share with you all with the lack of another A potential and really Kaufman being one of the few other guys in there in the high be potential, depending on how you feel about Peter Lambert and Jeff Hoffman, their next best potential guys. And then with Hoffman, obviously, we know the floor is that he just just might not even be there at all. Despite the fact that the Rockies do have some interesting depth and do have some guys in the younger range like Nicarag or Pint or some of these guys who might be able to turn it around, one of the other big things that pops out to me is that they have one, Two, three, four, five. Five of the 32 players that I have ranked are lefties. Kyle Freeland, Ryan Rollison, a 20-year-old named Helcris Oliva. uh, I'm not going to get it right. Olivares, Olivares, uh, who hasn't pitched above rookie ball and who has some decent potential. He's rated high as a prospect, but he's three or four years away from the, the bigs, at least. Then you've got Nick Kennedy, who's a 23-year-old, who's pitched an A-plus ball and has been decent, but certainly doesn't have blow-you-away stuff. And Ty Colbreth, who's a 26-year-old, who's pitched at the A level at the highest. Again, a guy who looks like an organizational guy who may end up reaching the bigs because he's a lefty. If he can, you know, really figure out a way uh to maybe reinvent himself as a reliever might be the best way for Ty Colbreth going forward. You don't give up on a guy till you have to as a starter, but that's it. Those are the five lefties that count as starting pitchers in the Rockies organization. So really only two of them, Kyle Freeland and, and Ryan Rollison, are anywhere, you know, Ryan Rollison's in a normal world would probably still be about a year to a year and a half out from bigs. I could see, you know, in an extended roster, them throwing him into the bullpen because he showed so much advancement and uh, such a, a a developed understanding of how to pitch that. I think, you know, Rollison is one of those guys. He expected to be fast tracked anyway. This is even more fast track, but you see the other reason why here, Uh, especially when you play in a division that's powered by left-handed bats of your nightmares. And so I have fallen in love and I am already concerned that the Rockies will not be able to draft Reed detmers um he's rated eighth on uh the baseball america top 50 or however many people they've ranked list right now he's been at ninth a lot of the times um which is where the rockies have their pick he is as you guessed with all of that preamble a six foot two lefty um who's just got an absolutely fascinating, fascinating profile. And I'll tell you all about it right after I tell you that the wait is over and legal sports betting is here in Colorado. So you got to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. It's not some offshore operation like other gambling sites. DraftKings is a legitimate sportsbook based right here in the U.S. so you can be confident that your funds are secure. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever you don't even have to leave your house. This weekend, there will be a clash of the Titans somewhere. There's always a clash of the Titans in the KBO. I think Dino's twins are playing each other sometime soon. The two teams from DNVR. So we got to get in there and figure out who you're taking. Get in on the action. It's always better when you've got a little skin in the game. And DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a special promotion. Just place $20 in bets on the big event and you will receive a $20 live bet. DraftKings Sportsbook is top-rated app. You can use it now. uh, You can download it now and use code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. So don't forget to use that code DNVR must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first best match, each up to $500. Deposit deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right, back to our guy Reed Detmers. Uh, his right up on baseball america begins perhaps the most polished strike thrower in the 2020 class detmers last year set a louisville program record with 167 strikeouts and tied the program record with 13 wins he also at one point over a, a four game series to end his season was striking out and i had to double check that this wasn't a typo 19 19- 0.6 batters per nine innings. He's a lefty that tops out around 94, sits more in the low 90s range, but with advanced pitches in uh, all of the other categories, a changeup that already plays, plus a curveball that already has guys uh, that the scouts believe is going to beat professional hitters. Uh, and they've slapped a, a number three outlook on him. They've compared him and, and take a deep breath here to Drew Pomeranz uh, in terms of the, the stuff. And we should all try to remember on these comps that um, they're not going to talk about, you know, sort of the mental makeup of the guy. And Drew Pomeranz kind of infamously at this point had real mental issues pitching at Coors Field and sort of attitudinal issues about doing it and, and, and trying to do certain things and thinking he was, kind of hot stuff because you've been a top pick. And as long as you don't have any of those kinds of issues, if this Detmer's kid, and this is where your, your scouts and your, your advanced people, and you know, they got to get out there and they got to do the homework and they got to do what they can to get to know a guy like this, because if you have the opportunity to take a left-handed pitcher who's polished at a D one school. So is closer to the big leagues. You're not taking a high school guy uh, good frame at 6'2", uh, quality stuff uh, w- with advanced secondary stuff already, a guy who's striking people out despite the fact that his calling card really is that he throws a ton of strikes, that he's a polished strike thrower. Uh, it can be very difficult. Usually guys, you know, when they're amateurs, when they're they're either in high school or college, when they're piling up those strikeout numbers, the pitch counts go up and and, and some of the walk total. even if they don't walk a ton of guys, they'll walk more than other elite pitchers in high school and college. They can, you know, not really fill up the strike zone. And the scouting report on this kid is that he does both of those things. He fills up the strike zone and he misses bats. He does it as a left-handed pitcher. And I think that's the pick. Ladies and gentlemen, I I, I don't want to blow all of our draft coverage and everything that Patrick Lyons has to say, all the articles and all the profiles we're going to run on other people. And look, there's going to be other picks to make too. And I could be talked out of this. There are a number of pitchers in that range. There's also a couple of outfielders who I think if the Rockies took would hit absolute monster jams at Coors Field. And so uh, I, I also think there's a decent chance – that Detmers is off the board by the time the Rockies have an opportunity to pick. And so we need to look at all of these other guys. We need to jump into it more, but my first glance at the board, and I'm not even sharing the rest of the board with you at this particular moment because we're trying to be facetious. If, you, if any of you ever watched television back when there used to be 22 episodes in a season, we're stretching just a little bit here. For, forgive us, if you will, uh, just a bit. Uh, but because I also want Patrick to be able to weigh in on all of this. There is another pitcher, a righty out of Minnesota named Max Meyer, uh, who's projected to go in the nine, 10, 11 spot as well. After that, a few more really interesting pitchers in Micah Bell and Jared Kelly, but they are high school pitchers. So that brings with it a whole other set. And and not that the Rockies should be scared off of taking high school pitchers, though the most recent time they did that with their number one overall pick and grabbed Riley Pint based on extraordinary stuff. Uh, You know, it's... (laughs) So far h- hasn't panned out for them, and and you know even if you want to make the counter argument in favor of Riley Pint, and I I think I could, and I think I have done that. It basically is the exact thing you've got to be wary of about taking a high school kid, uh, a pitcher in particular, uh, with your first overall pick. It's very unlikely, a near impossibility, that he's going to fly through your system and be able to help your ball club in the next couple of years. Now, there could be an intriguing admission about where the Rockies think they are. If they do take a bunch of high school kids, it won't necessarily mean that they think, oh man, we're going to have a rough year if we have one or, and, or we're going to lose Nolan or and then we're going to lose John Gray and then we're going to lose, but they could be thinking that um and if they are then they might take a whole bunch of high school kids. Now again, that's not a one to one. That's don't don't just reach that conclusion, but it could be evidence to that case. And and similarly, it could go the other way. If they take one of these more polished guys, especially if if they go this I'll throw one more name at you. Uh I'm I don't know if it's Garrett Crochet or Garrett Crotchet. I really hope it's Crochet. Um, a lefty out of Tennessee who's not rated as high as the two high school pitchers that I just mentioned. If Detmers is off the board and the Rockies have their pick of any of those three pitchers, but go with the guy who's maybe not got the highest ceiling uh, according to the drafts and to, to baseball America and some other people, but go with the guy who has more experiences in college is closer to the bigs a little bit more polished also a lefty Um, I think that will give you an indication that the Rockies have I don't know if expectations is the right word but yeah sure expectations that they are going to compete soon that they're that they're taking somebody that's going to be able to help them out in what you might still broadly categorize of, not as the Nolan Arenado era, because that's still this giant question mark. At least the Trevor Story era, right, that that this pitcher will someday take them out or whoever they take with the ninth pick in the draft will play baseball on the diamond with Trevor Story in a Colorado Rockies uniform. and, and So that'll be a really interesting dynamic uh, to see how that unfolds, uh, plays out uh, as we get closer to it. And again, some of these guys could rise up the board. Some of these guys could fall a little bit further down the board. You, you never know. You never know. There's still time. And there's going to be a difference in strategy i'll talk about that in just a second because the difference in strategy is what i think i need to get a little bit better out there on the wgt golf course Uh, the most popular free golf game in the world it's loved by over 20 million players around the world including myself it's a lot of fun you can play closest to the hole or full stroke play on world famous golf courses including pebble beach beth page black st andrews and more you can compete with most of us here on the dnvr staff a lot of other people in the community we've got weekly weekend tournaments uh on sundays you can join our country club ooh fancy on there uh, it's a whole lot of fun you can hang out with us uh, talk golf talk about literally anything else um just i i find it very relaxing even though i'm not good at it to just whack the golf ball around and sort of feel like I'm outside, even though I'm not outside. I'll, I'll admit like it's, it's helped. It's helped in that way. So make sure that you go to dnvrgolf.com again, totally free to download on either your phone or your computer. All right. So want to finish out here on this episode, talking about those, uh, strategic differences. I do think that for, you know, the the first overall pick. Actually, no, I'm I'm gonna change. I'm I'm in the middle of that thought going to decide that I think something else. <laughs> I think across the draft, you're gonna need a damn damn high ceiling as a high school player, as a younger player in general, to push up above guys that have more polish because. We don't know what the minor leagues are going. There may, there's, it seems pretty likely. And in fact, Bud Black said this the other day as a part of the Rocky Mountain Sabre meeting that it just doesn't look like there's going to be a minor league season this year. So you can't take a high school pitcher or shortstop and throw them out at your rookie level and let them become a small town star for a year, the way Brendan Rodgers got to do out in Grand Junction, David Dahl, stuff like that. There's nowhere to put those guys right now. And so I think more teams are going to be pushing toward guys who they feel are closer not just because we don't know about the minor league season this year, but we don't know in the future what the lower levels are going to look like. Will there still be teams in Grand Junction and um, Colorado Springs? And if not, what have they been replaced by? Where do those players go? Where do they get stashed? Do you still, if we start the minor leagues now at essentially a double-A level, can you draft a guy who's a bit more of a raw project and just throw him into that competition and expect it to work? I don't know. Well, I got to agree with just draft no relievers. That's one of the sort of ironic things too. And we'll, we'll run all over all of this as we do our preparation for the draft to the sort of reminders of um, it's funny because, you know, in the NFL, The NBA. If your biggest need is left guard or center or three point shooter, you know that's what you draft. That's typically, especially with your first pick, if there's somebody who fits that idea pretty close, you you try to take them. And in baseball. You not only can you not always do that, but there's this one particular area where you can pretty much never do that. And the Rockies, I do think, have learned their lesson here. That just because relievers can be extraordinarily valuable doesn't mean that you draft them or that you draft a starting pitcher who you expect to turn into a reliever. If you have it in the back of your mind, if it's option C or D, which I think it was with Riley Pint, and I do think that we're getting to options C and D with Riley Pint, Um, then that's that's okay. But I think the lesson has been learned that just because, and, and the Rockies' biggest need to finish that point is probably in the bullpen. Like, if you could snap your fingers right now and, you know, put two great relievers into the Rockies' pen, they become a very scary baseball team, especially if you're a believer like I am, that Kyle Freeland's going to be okay. But that doesn't mean you draft them. Um, It's generally just a bad idea. Most guys who end up as good or great relievers in the big leagues started out as, as starting pitchers not all of them, there are success stories of drafting relievers here and there, but for the most part, yeah, don't do it. Don't, don't do that. And so that's where you've got to kind of weigh that balance of organizational need organizational depth. Cause y'all, cause you look at their depth too. God, the Rockies could use some relievers, man, but don't draft them. You don't, that's that's not how you do it. You don't draft them. They've been all right at acquiring them at the trade deadline for half a season. Um, you know, Son Juan. Oh, they thought they were going to have longer, and he got hurt. Nishek was a good acquisition. So, you know, that may be a better way of going about it if you can swing that every year. And it'd be nice to start with those guys in the bullpen but that is correct. So that is my sort of beginning here of the conversation about the Rockies organizational depth chart, uh, where they've got some needs. We'll get deeper into that catcher's leash, Um, but some places where they've got real strength in their system, which again, I think can sometimes get lost when people say things like, well, the Rockies have the 28th rated system overall in Major League Baseball. And it's like, Okay, sure, whatever. But then if you look at certain positions, particularly and this is odd third and first base, you're like, damn, they got some dudes at third and first base. Um, Maybe not where you need them all, but either way, that's value in your system. And so we'll talk a lot more about those third and first basemen in the organization. Uh, We'll talk about some of the position players that it might make sense for the Rockies to draft next time. And we'll try to do a little bit of non-draft conversation, especially if y'all can bring me some questions. But in the meantime, I can only thank you for hanging out and listening, uh, whether you did here on the lives or whether you're just checking out the podcast. Really do appreciate it. Make sure you're downloading the podcast, you're downloading the Denver Sports Podcast, the gaming podcast. We had a really, really fun gaming podcast recently. So make sure you check that one out. And yeah, get some merch. Stay safe. Drink, break, brew. Uh, wash your hands, and uh, yeah, be good out there. Thanks, everyone, for continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you I will continue to be absolutely Drew Griezmann. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.